0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick, on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's up, Sam? How are you?
1: Good afternoon, guys. Hanging in there. How are you? Hey, we are doing terrific. Uh, I got a question. I got a question for Sam before we get into basketball. I got to ask, who's the king of the uh, PlayStation Five?
2: <laughs> oh man, it depends on what you play, Gordon. Um, are you are you any you know, good? I'm just, no, I'm not any good. In fact, <laughs> although I do, I feel like I'm a kid again because got this is a partly like a COVID experience because everybody's home all the time. I've got a couple neighbor buddies. Who uh, who play Call of Duty, and so I'm I'm hop, you know I'm getting text messages at all hours of the day saying, Hey, I'm I'm hopping online. Come join me. And it's like, <laughs> feel like feel like I'm in middle school again. But yeah, the boys are uh, playing a little Spider Man and a little, a little all of the above. So uh, you know, it's definitely not me. Whoever the, the best is, it's one of my two sons for sure.
3: Sam Gordon and I were just chatting about trades, and uh, we know at The Athletic you've got your trade big board up, and one of those dominoes did fall yesterday, P.J. Tucker going to Milwaukee. Give us your thoughts on that trade, and uh, maybe we can go through a couple of these other possibilities as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, interesting trade. I thought Houston did pretty well. You know, they um, had they a first-round pick. They did that weird thing where they kind of got their pick back from Milwaukee and, and, and kind of each team gave each other's. Uh, picked back but it it improved Houston's positioning uh, for that year as well you know and then we'll see what they do I mean whether those players they they ended up getting are kind of financial filler or part of what Houston is is doing at all but um, a lot of interest in PJ because even though he's had a bad year you know people don't forget that it wasn't long ago at all that he was just an extremely valuable guy in today's game can guard all five positions and you know, I'm curious to see if he can have kind of a re- rejuvenation with the Bucks because his shooting in particular, you know, should be something that, that Mike Brunholzer and the staff can make the most of, finding ways to, to have him in the corner for when Giannis, you know, goes barreling down the lane and, and, and finds his shooters. So, uh, interesting deal for sure.
1: Sam, any other deals uh, that are cooking right now?
2: Uh, admittedly, guys, I'm, I'm kind of reconnecting. I'm sorry about that. I um, we 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 kind of snuck away to Yosemite for a couple of days, so I took awesome. a breather and and we're diving back in. But you know, I mean, the Ariza thing obviously happened with Miami. Um, sounds like there might have been a little bit of a ripple effect there, where where you know potentially PJ Tucker, you know, might have been Miami's for the taking, but then they they went the Ariza route and that, you know, kind of might have helped the Bucks cause. Um, there's a lot of players like that I think it' that's gonna be the type of trade deadline season it's gonna be whether it's like a George hill is another one that I I'd, I'd be surprised if George doesn't go somewhere um you know a lot of contenders that that don't want to to uh to have to come up with the money for a Kyle Lowry type when when you're shocking thirty million dollars on an expiring contract for that point guard so why not go for a guy like George Hill who doesn't bring nearly as much to the table basketball-wise, but he's coming in around a third of the cost as far as having a match salary. So I think it's that's the kind of deadline season it's going to be. There's no names that are not stars by any means, but but you know, veterans that could help a contender.
3: Sam, why is it that Bradley Beal wants to stay in Washington? Is it that he wants that super max that he can only get if he stays there?
2: Well, I mean, money's always going to play a part. You know, I think to a greater degree, I don't know, it seems like he's he's leaning into that idea that, for one, you know, let's say there's a 15% chance that he can build a real winner uh, in Washington, you know, over the course of time and, and get, the you know, whether it's a conference finals, regular team, or maybe even get into the finals, maybe sniffing the championship, whatever that team looks like, that, you know, he would get, the lion's share of the credit as a player for that, because he stuck with it with the same franchise, and it's kind of the Damian Lillard type of approach to to a, a star's career. And um, I think that's part of it. I also think that you, you sometimes in this league you have players who I don't know. I don't, he probably wouldn't admit this, but it feels like you know you wind up valuing kind of the the place you've carved out of call it power, call it influence, call it control, where like he is, you know, the alpha male in in that environment. And that organization is, you know, kind of he's the force in the middle and then they're still trying to build around him. Uh, As opposed to if he says, go ahead and trade me and and now he's in a a new environment that's less comfortable and he's less confident about the part he plays and and how his voice is going to be heard or not heard. Uh, I think sometimes guys just, they, they really, really, really want things to work in one of these places where it's not a small market per se, but, you know, it's a, a little bit of a lower-profile team, uh, and it seems like Bradley's comfortable. Now, I think, you know, this summer and beyond, we get to really see if he's going to stick with it or if it was just a case of him not being quite ready in the middle of a pandemic to, to relocate.
1: Obviously, Sam, the Jazz playing that team tonight. As I go through the roster, how far off is this team? I mean, what are they? Uh, they're uh, twenty. What are they? Uh, what's the record right now? I mean, they're like eleven. A bunch. Of, they're, they went about a third of their games. Let's say it that way. Fourteen yeah. and twenty-five, Gordon. Fourteen and twenty-five. Yeah. So, so how far off are they? Yeah, I mean,
2: to me, they're, they're very far off. They, you know, I don't see Westbrook as as part of the future. He feels like a stopgap, and so, you know, he's still got time on his deal. But when it's, you know when when Russ is not there anymore who's still in that it's just a matter of who's coming in you know you got Davis Bertanz who's a nice young piece but um hasn't necessarily played the way they thought he would this year you know some youth on that roster um but they're you know they they're they're in the bottom third of in terms of you know distance from contention and they also probably you know very likely that they will have more change over um you know, up top. I mean, honestly, I think Tommy Shepard, their GM, has got pressure on him, and I don't know if he'll ultimately be the guy making decisions, you know, a year from now. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, Scotty Brooks is, is kind of very closely aligned in that coaching spot with Tommy in, in the front office. So I think that's also kind of the next thing is, is uh, their owner, Ted Leontis, you know, who is he going to have making the calls?
3: Sam, uh, we have not seen the Jazz take on the Raptors yet. They, uh, they've got them back-to-back coming up tomorrow night. Um, and I guess, you know, you expected after a title a couple years ago, Toronto not to be the same team after losing Kawhi Leonard, et cetera. But uh, to be 17-23 on the season, what's going on in Toronto? Why have they taken a step back?
2: Well, I mean, the first thing I feel like I'm guilty of, like a lot of people not mentioning right up the top, is like we, we can't forget that they moved to Tampa. You know what I mean? Right, like it's, right. a, you know, like that part is just that's tough, man. Like you have no home games, you have no no comforts of home. Everything's a road game. I mean, I don't care what you say. How comfortable they try to make it in Tampa? You know, you're literally in a different country from where you're used to playing. And and for some of these guys, if you're Kyle Lowry, you know you've been playing there for nine years in Toronto. So that you know that's got to be said. Then from there, you know they they lose Marcus, Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Their their defense takes a step back. Um, They, you know, I don't know what else to point to from there. They've got that Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell crew that they thought, you know, was going to be strong and they were good on the wings and Lowry being Lowry. But, yeah, they've struggled, you know, and now it becomes a a thing where are they going to possibly be sellers at the deadline? You know, and it's funny, too, because I mentioned the Wizards front office. Well, if they made a change there, you know, I think you guys probably know this, the one guy that gets consistently mentioned to possibly take over in D.C. for the Wizards is Masai Ujiri, the Raptors president. And he has, I believe, a contract that is up this year. And, and, you know, Ted Leontis, the Wizards owner, has consistently refuted the idea that he's been recruiting Masai, but nobody believes him. And there's a lot of information, you know, to uh, to the contrary. So, those two situations might ultimately wind up being tied, and, and you kind of wonder what impact that's having on the floor because it it seems like there is there's a transition feel for the Raptors right now. If they're if they're unclear on uh, if Masai's going to be around, now Bobby Marks, uh, I'm sorry, Bobby Webster, who uh, did a great job as, as their GM working with Masai, so they're in good hands even if Masai leaves. But you know, I, I think they're trying to figure out coming off the championship two years ago, you know, what's going to come next year.
1: Sam, I wonder how strongly you would have argued against me if I told you nearly 40 games into this season (laughs) that the Jazz and the Suns would be at the top of the West.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah. At first I was going to say that the Suns won for sure, that I was going to try to pretend that I would have (laughs) been totally comfortable with the Jazz one, but it's like, wait a minute. I saw them lose in the first round. You know, they we, we didn't really know then what we knew or know now about the, the internal dynamics and how Rudy and Donovan had come together and and all that stuff. And, and, I mean, shoot, I think I've mentioned on the show before, you would even hear occasional stuff about, you know, our Dennis Lindsay and the, and the coaching staff really in line and things like that, that that a lot of times are kind of born out of, you know, any team that is falling short of expectations. So you go from that to, you know, Top of the West and and just just beating out teams like the Lakers and Clippers, yeah. I mean that's very surprising, and then Phoenix even more so. I mean I thought for sure when they got Chris Paul that that was a, a fantastic deal for them uh, because you have seen you know they they won eight games in a row in the bubble and just barely missed that playing tournament. You know Monty Williams was already doing good things. He had a comfort level from New Orleans with Chris Paul, which has really proven to be pretty valuable for them so both teams you know i thought would be in the mix with me handicapping utah at like anywhere from a three to a six spot um and then phoenix coming in at like six to eight but one two is is pretty wild
3: the Jazz beat Boston the other night, and it was it was a good game. And uh, the Jazz kind of got back to what was successful for them in the first half of the year, after you know dropping a, a few games. And uh, Gordon, what they had lost four out of six, something yeah. along those lines. What uh, do you believe in a turnaround victory, or, or a, how a win like that can stop negative momentum, or does that is that all just kind of uh, fall out in the one game at a time mentality?
2: Well, I, I do. I mean, I can't pretend to have been in these guys' shoes and really know what it feels like. But, I, you know, from observing those kinds of things over the years, I think for sure, like especially a young team, the Jazz are in a, a weird spot because they've got a obviously a very high level of confidence in themselves, but they also feel like they have this kind of week-by-week process going on of like do we truly believe – that we are this caliber of a team. And so any little mini slide can grow into self-doubt, I would think, and and maybe knock you back down into that second tier of the west in terms of how you feel about yourself. Now, the bounce back wins like you mentioned, especially, you know, against a good team like Boston, that's the kind of stuff where you kind of say, yeah, okay, it, it's a long season, you're going to drop some games here and there, but, you know, the the best teams, I mean, You know, I remember the old Warriors team during their dynasty years, like they had stretches where they – I think they had a whole year where they they didn't lose back-to-back games the entire season. Um, You know, really good teams don't have three, four-game losing streaks.
1: Along those same lines, though, Sam, I mean, you were talking about the Jazz needing that kind of victory against Boston. But take a team like the Lakers. I mean, they're defending champions. They're 5-5 five and five over their last 10, uh, although they have won three straight now. do they? Does it even matter for a team like that that is a little banged up and they know they're going to be put back uh, together in time for the most important part of the thing, the postseason?
2: I think it does because they're a different team than they were in the bubble. That's the one thing we keep kind of forgetting about. I don't necessarily give them like that – you know, that championship credibility carryover, if that makes sense. Like, I do a little bit because it's LeBron. Like, you've got to give it to him. And I'll give it to AD if he's on the floor. But he's been hurt for a long time now. And from there, it's like, you know, there's no Rondo. There's no Dwight Howard. There's no Avery Bradley. You know, at one point in time, that's three starters, you yeah. know, from, from the Lakers team of last year. So, um these new guys, it's like Dennis Schroeder hasn't proven anything to us. You know, Marcus Gasol has proven plenty in different environments, but he's not been good this year. Um, those are new pieces. Montrez Harrell, really, if you're being kind of, <clears throat> you know, I guess uh, brutally honest about it, you know, Montrez in that Clippers environment was a disaster against Denver, for one, defensively, and, and you know, I think has a little bit of a rep as, as a regular season player right now. So to me, the the Lakers are a bit of a wild card going into the playoffs because I don't think they have a a switch to flip. I think it's a a different group.
3: Well, Sam, thanks for jumping on with us. As always, we'll let you get back to uh, Yosemite. You, you free
2: climbing (laughs) El Capitan while you're out there? Oh my gosh. It's crazy because we only live a few hours away, but I haven't been there since I was a little guy. And uh, I would highly recommend watching Free Solo, the documentary about the insane man who went up there free solo with with no strings attached whatsoever. And when you stand underneath that thing and and you feel like an ant on the ground, it is just insane to think about somebody uh, pulling that off. But no, that was not me. I was feet (laughs) on the ground looking up and... (laughs) Taking a picture and moving on. Is that the the only one? one?
1: Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I, when I saw Free Solo, it freaked me out, man. I, I, I yeah. just I, I have a thing with heights anyway, maybe a little bit, but I, I just I can't comprehend that, Sam. I can't how does he do that? How can you possibly face that kind of challenge without a mistake?
2: It's funny, I'm with you. You can kinda of probably hear it in my voice. Like I'm I'm strangely tired. We just got home like two hours ago. And like I said, we live about three hours away from it. I'm strangely tired just from like the elevation in general, The it's a lot of time spent driving on the side of cliffs that if you, you know, make a wrong turn, it's the end. And so the you know, anxiety level is, is up there in terms of just heights in general. And that's before you've been thinking about climbing up a rock like El Capitan. It kind of takes the life out of you, uh, even from an energy standpoint, but, just an incredibly beautiful country up there, and, and if anybody knew neck in the woods, I mean, you guys have plenty of your own with you know Zion not far away and whatnot. But but uh, yeah, Yosemite's pretty great. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you very much, Sam. We appreciate you. All
2: right, guys, be good. You.
3: There you go, the great Sam Amick. Uh, check out his work uh, at the Athletic, and uh, check out his his uh, his latest on the trades because he he lays it out there pretty well who the pieces may be and who may be looking for what. It's uh, it's really good stuff.
1: So, Jake, did you see Free Solo?
3: I've seen part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, there Austin, is a...
1: you see that? I saw that... it
0: once, and I will
1: never watch it again. Yeah, there's well, a lot I mean, of anxiety
0: how, there, for sure.
1: How does a human being conquer that kind of thing? It's just... Well, they actually explore that in the, in yeah, the movie. That... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, but I still don't get it. It's a lot of practice, I
3: mean, a lot of mental. I mean, he does the the root over and over again in his mind, right, when he's practicing. Yeah, and he, ta- he talks
1: about
0: his Asperger's that yeah. he's got, yeah. and that yeah. it, that allows him to not emotionally attach to things that other humans, like the fear of life and death, attached to. Yeah. Pretty
1: nuts. Well, there's usually a little bit of a reason for that, right? I mean, uh, but to look at him hanging on that cliff with uh, just by the tips of his fingers, just remarkable stuff. Remarkable human achievement.
0: It is still phenomenal, and won an Oscar. So there you go. Yeah, aren't the Oscars
3: out? Uh, the nominees out? By the way,
0: yeah, uh, they, are, yeah. they are. And yeah, and the Megaplex is playing every Best Picture nominee for you.
3: So, so answer me this though: I, Are there? Is it? Is the quality like the movies haven't been released this year, right, into theaters? And some so of them I, have. Some of them have, but isn't that a requirement that they have to show it in theaters for it to be uh, nomi- nominatable?
0: They don't have to show it in every theater. It just has to be shown in certain approved theaters but, uh, at minimum. But also, didn't the studios like hold back all their movies and stuff, too, for the most part? They did, but that doesn't mean the Academy hasn't seen them. Huh. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: Mr. Movie, do you have a favorite?
0: Uh, I've only seen one of them so far, Land, and it's, it's pretty good. I think uh, it might win. It wasn't my favorite, but I think it might win. Okay, right. there you go. Movie Zone tonight. I think Soul. Should be should win best picture. Uh, the
3: the uh, animated.
0: Yep, the Pixar. Oh, I saw that; it was With good. Jamie Fox. Yeah, that, it was yeah. really good. Yep,
1: I, I fell asleep.
0: I mean, it's no it it's it's no uh, Schindler's List at Christmas, but it's a little more exciting <laughs> no, than falling asleep. My,
1: fam- my my family loved it, but I had not gotten any much sleep the night before because I'm a hardworking man. And I, I, I wanted to watch it, but I fell asleep. And when I woke up, everyone was raving about how good it was. So I'm going to have to go back and check that one out again.
3: Movie right. Zone tonight, by the way, after the Jazz after game. After the Jazz game. Stay tuned. we we'll more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.